This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Blue Monday podcast. Um, I'm joined tonight by an ex-town player who made 382 appearances. Does that sound right? Um, scoring 21 goals and was inducted into the ITFC Hall of Fame in 2011. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Mr. Russell Osman. Russell, you. bless you for coming on. Many thanks for coming on. Um, how are you? How, how how are things with you in this what lockdown three is it? Or certainly two or three? How is how you been? How you been coping with it all? Been coping okay. It's um, it's nice to see a little bit of uh, light at the end of the tunnel eventually. Um, so this time last year, I was just finishing a stint over in India, working on the uh, the Indian Super League. Of course you were, yeah. And basically coming. <laughs> coming back and getting away from uh, the COVID scare in India and walking straight back into it once I arrived back in the UK, going into lockdown one, then two, then obviously three. Uh, and I will admit I miss my golf. You know, I like uh, a game Yeah, me golf. too, yeah. yeah. I miss that. I find that one hard one to, to understand. Uh, you know, not even being allowed to go and play golf on your own. It's crazy, isn't it? My son actually works for English Golf Union. Um, oh, he's a sort of development officer for the county, and um, yeah, he's as mystified as everybody else. And there was intense lobbying from the, um, you know, from the EGU to to Parliament. But it's the same old thing. I think if they'd relaxed the rules on golf, then other sports wouldn't want it to follow. So I still can't understand now. You know, we still have to wait another month for it. For goodness' sake, you know, it seems crazy, really. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. You can walk around a golf course. Um, you can walk around with a golf club <laughs> or golf ball in your pocket, but you can't. Yeah. Ball can't with it. You know, so I just, I can understand the word about people congregating at the club and traveling to the course and stuff like That's that. That's what it is. That's know, a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If it was just limited to you can only play on your own, mm. 
then fine. Yeah, you know, right. the distance on the practice ground, for example. Sure. Did you I know. did I did I read somewhere recently you've moved back this way now? I have done, yeah. I uh, sold up in in Bristol, um, which was a little bit of a surprise, really. We we were toying with the idea of coming back and uh, thinking about putting the house on the market, and all of a sudden we had a somebody approaches about buying the house, and we thought, ideal, it's perfect, and uh this person wanted the the house lock stock and barrel uh, oh, wow. an interior designer as well so uh we thought it couldn't have happened at a better time yeah and at the moment i'm just uh renting somewhere um just outside woodbridge and we'll start looking for somewhere to move into permanently with you know in the near future oh fantastic so have you, have you joined somewhere around here golf course or not yet well i'm um i'm a country member at Woodbridge lovely yeah mm -hmm. um, and the beauty is that I was a member of Woodbridge back in the, the late 70s early 80s anyway oh, there you go okay so in a way it's like going home um, yeah, I mean Charlie Woods uh, yeah. was a member of Woodbridge for a long time and his great friend John Marks uh, who oh yeah of course yeah a while ago John was like you know, not only a lovely fellow, but a magnificent golfer as well. Yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. You know, I see Steve Weimark up there, used to be the pro at Purdis. That's um, right, yeah, yeah. That's where I play. I play at Purdis and my, my boys play at Purdis. Well, um, Ray, East, Ray East has dragged me around there a few times lately. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I often see yeah. him, often, often see him up there. No, it's a great game, and um, yeah, we look forward to. We look forward to it coming back, but yeah, we're, not, we're going to talk about football, haven't we? We're not really here to talk about golf, although my, my colleagues at the pod always moan at, moan at me because there's one or two of us, there's about six of us really, there's um, six or seven of us that um, sort of uh, work on the podcast, and there's a couple of us who are really fairly keen on golf, and they despair when we go into sort of golf mode, and sometimes into cricket mode as well, so we better yeah. concentrate. So if I just, if I, you know, take you back, Russell, um, you know, um, Obviously, born in born in Derbyshire, born in Repton in Derbyshire. Yeah. Interestingly, growing up, and it's a it's a fairly well known story. You kind of had to make a choice between rugby and football. Um, I didn't really have to make a choice. No, you know, I, I was at uh, grammar school, Burton yeah. Burton on Trent Grammar School, and I played for uh, Staffordshire at uh, rugby and cricket and. Uh, the rugby went very well and I, I played for England under 15s and under yeah. 16s, you know, a captain aside. Um, and I played for my local football side on a Sunday, which was, um, you know, we grew up in a village called Repton where big public school is. And uh, the village had a, a senior side called, uh, called Repton Casuals. That was a, the name of the club. And they started a junior side, I think, when I was about seven or eight. So I managed to continue playing for them for a few years. And it was actually playing for Repton Casuals' senior side when I was 15 in uh, a Derby District uh, Cup final. Yeah. Um, I think somebody had... Uh, spoken to Bobby Robson about me and he asked somebody to go and watch the game and we won the game and I played quite well I must have played quite well <laughs> and after that I got invited down to to Ipswich and it all went from there. Fantastic absolutely fantastic I mean were there any was Ipswich really your you know were there any other opportunities or Ipswich that was it you know you're invited there and that was you know that was pretty much it for you. 
I went to I went to Chelsea for for mm. a week, but um, I tore all my ankle ligaments um, sort of first day's training, which was ah. it was very strange, you know, because I ended up on on crutches, and it was like the only ankle injury I ever had in my career. I mean, yeah, many injuries. Mm. Certainly in your town, you know. I was looking earlier, you know, doing a, you know, just looking through your town career. And you really, you really you were blessed with it, you know, blessed with injuries. You really were not, you know, really didn't suffer at all, did you? Uh, really. Oh, I did, but you know, but, well, you played through, through it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of um, horrific shin injuries and yeah. stuff like that, you know, with a lot of stitches, but a lot of lacerations, broken noses, not tissue, and... not tissue injuries, soft tissue injuries that you know forced you out pretty much. You know, you didn't have any of those. No, uh, later on, I had a couple of cartilage um, issues, yeah. but um, you know, I. I, I I think I broke a toe and a hand when I was at Ipswich, but those were the sort of things you could get away with having an injection and just yeah, off you go. So your first, so you were still a schoolboy. I mean, you you played and you were involved in the seventy four, seventy five youth cup winning side as as still as like you were like fifteen, yeah. Yeah, against West Ham, wow. um, Alan Kirbisley was uh, the right. captain of uh, West Ham. You know, so yeah, it was great. And obviously in the Ipswich side, there was, I mean, Walkie, John Walk, um, David Geddes, I think, Keith Burchin, so a good yeah. side, very good side. Yeah, some good lads, great lads there. Yeah. Was that, the, just just quickly, was that after that when John Cobbold made his famous speech to the parents about, you know, go and procreate <laughs> for another, for the next side coming up in 16 years or not? Or was that, I know they won it a couple of years before, was it that evening or was it the previous I think it was that evening. Yeah, <laughs> up at the club. Absolute, <laughs> absolute classic. So, so and and your you know your first impressions of Ipswich and Bobby Robson and you know after that obviously you're signing as you know you're signing then as a professional. I mean, how was that? And and also you know obviously the key centre half parent at the time, you know Hunter and Beatty. How what sort of influence do they have on you? Well, one one important thing that I just like to mention is that. You know, Ipswich went the extra mile to get good players to the club, good young players. And in my case, living up in Burton on Trent, it was it was quite a it was quite a long journey from from Ipswich uh, to Burton and, and vice versa. And I was having a lot of time uh, away from school because of me rugby commitments with uh, you know Staffordshire in England. Yeah, yeah, in England, yeah. And the headmaster wasn't too pleased with me trying to get off uh, school on a Friday so that I could go and play down in Ipswich on the Saturday morning for the youth team. So Charlie Woods used to drive up from Ipswich Friday lunchtime to pick me up wow. late Friday afternoon. Christ. Drive all the way straight back to Ipswich. I used to stay in his house and Terry stayed there as well. Terry came down from Lowestoft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played the next day. And then straight after the game, I jump in the back of Charlie's car again, and Charlie would drive me all the way back up to to home. Now that just, was like about a, a four-hour journey each. Oh way. yeah, no, absolutely, Russell. That is just unbelievable, and, and such an indictment of the club back then, and maybe the club now. When I don't see, I don't know if you read the interview or saw the interview with the young lad last week, who's had real sort of serious mental problems after being allegedly, you know, mistreated perhaps by the academy. Yes, so the, sad, the sad to see like that. that. Yeah, the game's rife with that sort of issue. Oh, you no, know, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. fair play for the lad to come out yeah. and speak about it, I guess. 
that's just an incredible story. That is unbelievable story. And yeah, you mentioned obviously point, Terry yeah. Butcher there. I mean, was it an immediate? You know, did you strike an immediate friendship? Your you know immediate partnership with you know you and you know yeah, obviously we know latterly it was such a great partnership. But was that an immediate thing with you two? Um, we we got on on well together, both on the pitch and off the pitch, you know, and I think the partnership on the pitch uh, developed over time. And I think getting on well together off the pitch helped that, you know, I think we, we understood um, the way we thought really about the game and, uh, and playing together a lot. It helps you sort of anticipate what your, your partner's going to do. Yeah, partnerships. Yeah. 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 Very but th there was great emphasis with the football club that, you know, those partnerships weren't just the partnership of the two centre-halves. Yeah, right through. With the left side centre-half, you'd have a partnership with the left-back as well. Yeah. And the two centre-halves would have a partnership with your, believe it or not, your defensive midfield player, Johnny Wall, <laughs> who used to score 30-odd goals a bloody season somehow from a defensive midfield <clears throat> position. So those partnerships were created all round <clears throat> the, yeah. the and outfield players plus your involvement with the goalkeeper and you you complimented each other so well i mean you were obviously you were very much two-footed but i guess predominantly right-footed or maybe not maybe not but you know so obviously with terry butcher obviously very much predominantly left-footed you just seem yeah. to complement each other so well as did beat and hunter i guess we'd beat obviously beat protect you know predominantly left foot hunter predominantly right foot you just you know, both partnerships seem to complement each other so, yeah, so I was, well. I was naturally a right-footed player. Yeah. But yeah. when I was a kid, my best mate was left-footed. And we used to have competitions all the time yeah. involving in trying to improve your, your weaker foot. Yeah. You know, we used to live in an old um, farm, you know, and it was like trying to kick it through the stable door or the, the, the old barn window where you your yeah. weaker foot and stuff like that. Yeah, a bit by a bit, you I would say, you know, my left foot now is as good as my right foot was, you know, and I get a little bit annoyed where players are so limited at the moment oh. and look totally one-sided. I'm exactly the same. Don't stop me. I obviously never played anywhere near your level, but, yeah, I, was, I, I always pride myself on being, and my father was that. You need to get, if you're going to play football, you need to be two-footed and it will take you, you know, you'll, you'll get a game anywhere if you're two-footed. Yeah. And, yeah, it annoys, it annoys the hell out of me as well when you see it so one-footed. It's just... Amazing, really, but I guess maybe incentives not there to put the to put the hard yards in as you do. So you make your, you know, you obviously you're developing now, and you make your first team debut in um, fairly early seventy seven, well seventy seven seventy eight season um, against Chelsea. Um, and this is, I guess, a feature. Um, you know, that was a season where Kevin Beatty, I think his injuries really, really started to kick in that season. And he pretty much was just wheeled out for the European games and the cup matches. Um, do you remember much about your debut, Russell? I don't remember much about the game apart from, uh, you know, we won 1-0 and Brian Tolbert scored. Yeah, um, yeah. But in those days, uh, John Penalty had been playing in the first team. Um, yeah. The late Dale Roberts. Yeah. Fantastic. Fella Dale who played for the first team. Yeah. Um, and I'd had a good run of games in the youth team and, and the reserve setup. Now, this is the benefit of playing reserve team football, was the oh, fact that, that level. At, yeah. by that time, I got used to playing against men. You know, well, I got used to the physical stuff playing rugby. Yeah. But I got beat up one day by a fellow Chelsea called Bill Gardner. 
Yeah, Bill Garner, yeah. yeah. In the reserve team game, and he <laughs> beat seven bells of crap out of me for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But it taught me a lesson. You just have to yeah. pick yourself up and get on with it and give as good as you got. But, you know, you're so right what you say, Russell. You know, those those come football combination with it, those games where, obviously, yeah. first team are away next Saturday. And they're probably drawing, I don't know, 1,500. To, I mean, I used to go down with my mates. If, you know, we're younger and we, you know, two young preps to go away. We used to go down. And, I, you know, I, I tell some of my younger friends now that I've seen Glenn Hoddle play for Spurs in the football combination. I think I've seen Liam yeah. Brady play for Arsenal. You know, you were playing against, you know, because there was no other way. If players were coming back, long injury layoffs, and they needed, you know, they needed the reserve. Yeah. It wasn't any of this behind closed doors. They played in the reserves in the football combination. And I saw yeah. some fantastic players. And I think yeah. also that also stems through, you know, the youth football, you know, the standard of the, what was the Southeast Counties League back then. I mean, all these yeah. players, yourself, you know, all these players came through that terrific standard, unbelievable yeah. standard. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, you know, I played against Glenn Hoddle, you know, when, when we're about 15 years old. <laughs> and when you play against him in the first team, you play against him in the reserves. Yeah, so you, uh, yeah. you play with them at international level. I've got, I've got to confess, one of my favourite ever English players, probably. But so, so we're into the cup. You're making your debut, um, and you get, you're getting a fair run of cup games here. Obviously, Kevin, you know, Kevin Beatty, like I said, you know, injuries are kicking in, and also, and I think Alan Hunter as well. Yeah. And you yeah. play a fair few games in the cup run. I mean, I think you you play four out of in the early rounds. I think you played, you played four of the games. I believe you miss Hartley Paul at home. Beat was back for that, but you're fairly, um, you know, your appearance, you make a decent level of appearances in the cup yeah. run. I'm, um, I'm missing semi final in the final, really. Well, yeah. Now, my question to you is how close were you to playing in the final, do you think? Because obviously, you know, the, it's the fable story of Al Big Al having his fitness test in the corridor of the hotel or out on the lawn in the hotel early in the morning. I mean, as far as you're concerned, he fails that. You're going to play, aren't you? Yeah. Or is he never um, going to fail it? It was never going to fail it. You know, <laughs> once in a lifetime opportunity for both Alan and Kevin to play in the yeah. FA Cup final. And yeah. knowing the character of the, the two of them, they they would have played. Yeah. You know, and neither of them were 100% fit. No. But both those two players knew that by declaring themselves fit, they would be fit enough to get through the 90 minutes of the game. So and, no and no disrespect to you, such a boost for the for the oh. lads and such a, you know, the Arsenal players would look at that and think, well, yeah, McDonald's certainly do. Yeah, but they weren't jeopardising no. the result by playing yeah. either. You yeah. know, they, they were strong character. You got Johnny Walker in the starting 11 anyway, who um, played centre-half before many times. Oh, good point. Yeah, he'd just dropped back, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose once he was declared fit, then it kind of made sense for Mick Lambert to, to be on the yeah. bench, yeah? Yeah, it's no-brainer. You know, that, yeah. that that silly old rule of only having one sub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I can't, I've been watching it this season on the games on iFollow and five subs. You think, wow, what is, oh. you know, what's, what's going on? What's going on? So, oh. really, so, you know, cup final, super... I mean, and then the team starts to evolve, you know, and you're really established now. I think 78, 79, you know, you make just about 40, 39 league appearances. Um, obviously, your partnership with, you know, is, is, is obviously Big Al is getting older and, again, the injuries with, with Kevin Beatty. Um, yeah. your, you know, your partnership with Terry Terry sort of Terry Butcher's flourishing. Um, how about the, um, you know, obviously early season 78, um, 
complete change of style when when the, when Arnold when the first of the Dutchman comes in, Arnold Muren. I mean, can you remember much about that? How that was perceived and how things. I mean, it's seemingly almost changed overnight. Where famously he says in his first game was the game against Liverpool at home, and you get beat three nil. And he says, "Well, the ball's over my head, and if the ball's not over my head, I'm chasing Terry McDermott up and down the park, sort of thing." You know. Um, can you remember much about the the evolution following that and the change that brought? Yeah, it didn't happen overnight. Um, but I think when you look at the, the squad of players that we had, yeah, I think you could say they were very um, football intelligent players. Yeah. Uh, they understood the game and they they worked off each other very, very well. So it wasn't long before Alan Brazil knew that if he made a run to get him behind the defence, he could trust Arnold Muir <laughs> to see it. And Arnold yeah. said that, uh, Alan Brazil, he said, Alan, you make the run. I will send the pass when I think the pass is right to deliver and at the right time. Fantastic. You know, because Alan started making runs and hesitating because he wasn't sure whether Arnold had seen him. Arnold just said to him, you made the run, I've seen you, but yeah, I, will decide, right. I will decide when the pass is played. Absolute genius. You know, Absolute Franz, genius. Franz was different, you know, the way that he could take people out of the game by dribbling around them. Arnold would take people out of the game by passing around them. So... That's what football is. It's about getting the numerical advantage by taking people out of the game. Well, again, partnership. And again, another partnership there, I guess. I mean, what was it like to train against those two? And what was it like to, for instance, you know, one of the greatest all-round centre-forwards I've had, I think he had everything I've seen as Ipswich, is Paul Marin. I mean, what was it like in training? Would he, would he give it out in training? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, we... Um, yeah, you were very respectful in training that you could go in as hard as you like on anybody, but yeah. you know it had to be fair. Yeah. You know, and uh, as many occasions I saw Keith Birching get chased into the back of the goal net by Alan Hunter because <laughs> Keith had caught him with a, an accidental elbow. <laughs> had to be dragged apart minutes later. Yeah, um, but Mana, God bless him. You know he's having a bit of a battle at the moment. Oh uh, yeah, Sarah, uh, we must we must send our best to 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 Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but a great a great leader of the line for us. Uh, I, you know, honestly, and, Russell, I think probably in my time the best. Well, not not just because I'm an Ipswich fan, but one of the best all round centre forwards I think there's been. Just had everything, didn't he? In the air, quite quick, strong, wasn't he? And and yeah, I could give it out when he needed to be. And I, you know, I don't think I've I've played with any. Well, I don't think I've played with a centre forward that's been as brave as Paul was. Yeah. yeah, he would go in with goalkeepers, you know, to try and get the final touch, knowing that he's going to have seven bells knocked out of him. Yeah. And he would go in, he'd pick himself up, dust himself down, yeah. and do it again the next week, and the next week, and the week after that. He's just, just, just outstanding, outstanding player. So we move on to 79, 80, and again, the sides evolving and, and building up, as we know. Um, I think this is where you start your ever-present run. And then, look, I mean, this is what I really wanted to speak about, and I drive my fellow podcasters. They're all younger than me, absolutely crazy. We get to 80, 81, Russell. So... Yeah. You remember much? I mean, obviously, and and just just take me back to pre-season and, and your um your sort of brief flirtation with um with the sort of stage and screen. <laughs> uh, 
Well, um, Escape to Victory, that that was good fun. Yeah. That was great fun. Um, yeah. And it was, it was just, I mean, we were playing a lot of football at the time. Um, had a hard season, you know, but we we were allowed to go out there and play some more football. Yeah. Um, we went with the, the manager's permission. Um, persuaded one way or the other to uh, allow us to go out there. And for me, it was a great experience of being able to, you know, play through the summer with Pele and Bobby Moore, Mike Summerby. Yes, yes. Where, where was the, sorry, where was the filming done again? Was it Romania? Was it Romania? No. We were depressed. Yeah, sorry, a bit hungry. Yeah, Budapest. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and just quickly, did Pele do that overhead kick in one take, or is that just a is that a fable? <laughs> we did it in. We did it you in don't normal. Need to give it away. No, we did it in normal play. Wow. And he produced an outstanding overhead kick that was magnificently saved by Lloyd <laughs> Siddle. <laughs> Bottom left hand right. corner. Fantastic yeah. save. Yeah. You know, from Lloyd, but you know. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. It just got set up again. Bobby Moore crossed another ball, and the next one fizzed over the crossbar. Third time, you know, fizzed in the top corner. Wow! So every time a decent strike, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute, absolute, absolute genius. So look, we get to the eighty eighty one season. I mean, was there? Can you remember? Was there? You know, expectation that look, boys, this is our this is our season. You know. You know, you'd slowly been built, building up to it. Obviously, the season before, obviously, 70, um, sorry, yeah, 78, 79, the two Dutchmen coming in. You now worked the season with them. And really, I think the running you had, you know, the, in the 1980 season, which included, obviously, the, yeah. the 6-0 Man U game. And one of the great games, which I think was a 4-0 win at Everton, which, which no TV footage of it at all. But yeah. I've got friends that went to that game and said, probably in the whole Robson era, that was one of the greatest ever performances, and including apparently a special goal from Eric Gates, which again there's no footage of, but one of the mm. one, you know, one of the great games, one of the great goals. So by the time you get, you know, pre-season, you're you know, you're back from you're back from filming. Um, was the expectation there for the season? No, not really. Ah. I think okay. it was um it was just back to work as normal. Yeah. Um, Pre-season for us at Ipswich was always very hard. Yeah. Um, and people forget that we were we were an exceptionally fit, strong side. Yeah. You know, yes, we, we, we could play football, but, you know, we could compete with people physically on the pitch. Um, so if the going got tough, you know, we could uh, look after ourselves on that front. If we were playing on heavy pitches, you know, we weren't going to run out of stamina because by this time we got a, you know, a very good level of fitness built into us all. Yeah. So when the season came around, and I think we started off with a very, very good run of unbeaten games. I was at the um, first, I was, yeah, I was at the first away game, Leicester, wasn't it? Um, Walk, John Walk scored quite a late play. I think he dominated the game from memory. Scored a really quite late win on a boiling hot day. I remember Gates crossed it in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it just seemed to go from game to game, um, result to result, and we you start to get um, a little bit of belief in the squad and the team that it's, if we go a goal down, we've got you enough energy in the side to just you know 
drop a gear and you know pick up a bit more momentum and get the result that that we need and um like I say everybody seemed to be on the same level of of thinking of how the game is going to be played we didn't worry too much about the opposition mm -hmm. we just knew that if we were uh playing well ourselves then we've got every chance of getting the results yeah and, and that was it you know we we were uh we were sort of reliant on the majority of our players playing well week in week out not everybody but you know your teammate and your partner alongside you would pull you through the game sometimes yeah i mean it's, i mean two things really how i mean well, i'd like to just dwell on particular week because believe um, believe it or not um it's a purely coincidence but 40 years ago pretty much to tonight was the game in st etienne i mean i think it was the 4th of march so it's the 3rd of march so corresponding day actually the wednesday yeah. so this wednesday yeah. four years ago but just just before that how how crucial do you think was the injury you know to george burley at shrewsbury that put him out for this that put him out for the season i mean that was a uh, you know, obviously Steve McCall came in and Steve McCall could cover, you know, obviously various positions, but, and obviously Mick Mills moved across, but yeah, yeah. that was a, to me, that was a fairly crucial injury. It was a, it was a cruel, cruel yeah. blow for George. Um, a devastating blow for, for, for George and the team, really, because George was an integral part of Great player. the, the experience of the side. Yeah. Um, a quality fullback who delivered fantastic balls into the strikers um, and into the 18-yard box. Um, and I think we felt it more and more as we got towards the end of the season. Yes, we managed to hang on and win the UEFA Cup, but there were times when fixture congestion got to us. We... You know, we needed a little bit more strength in depth you know and then with yeah. George missing Alan Hunter didn't play a lot of games that year Kevin Beachy broken his arm in the the Man City replay um you know so when you're getting right to the the crux of the matter towards the the last eight ten games of the season we were we were sort of running on on thin air really I mean, it's just incredible when you look at that season. I think you'd lost only two league games going into pretty much mid mid to late mid to late March. Yeah. And I've just got, I just really, if you indulge me, I just want to dwell. I mean, this was probably one of my, getting into it, so 40 years ago at this very moment, was probably one of my favourite ever two-week spells of supporting Ipswich, where um, I think you scored, I went to this game, horrible day, you won 4-0 at Coventry. I remember you scored, I think, Les Seeley sort of fumbled a header from you, I think, Steve McCall scored a thumping goal. Then, then, so, you, so you win 4 0, 4 0 at, uh, at Highfield Road. Then you go yeah. to St. Etienne midweek and beat them 4 1. And then on the Saturday, I mean, this is how it was that season. The Saturday, one of my favourite ever Ipswich Town games was the 3 3 draw at, at Forest, which was just Forest. absolutely unbelievable game. And yeah. then. And then this is how Ipswich was in those days. The replay, which was brilliant in those days, what, four days later, three days later on the Tuesday, where we beat Forrest with a mirror and volley. And then we beat Spurs 3-0 the following Saturday. So it's just incredible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean... In 14 days, we had one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> five, five fixtures in 14 days. Incredible. Four of them 
quarterfinals. Yeah. One of them being a replay. Yeah. And the, the odd one in the middle of all that was a game against some team called Tottenham Hotspurs, you know, when we won that one three nil. So and Mills and a crucial thing in that game was Mick Mills did his shoulder, didn't he? So Mick Mills dislocated his shoulder and misses, I think, the next certainly two or two or three games. Russell, can you just take me back? Watch, tell me, can you take me back to the St Etienne game? What do you remember about that? I mean, not there's not really not many people I know that went. There's, there's a particular person I know, a good friend of mine that did go, and he said the atmosphere before the game. He said it was quite not a massive stadium. He said, but it was just absolutely. You know, the crowd had been in there. I don't know two or three hours before. It's absolutely in a frenzy. Um, they'd never been beaten at home in something like I don't know. Was it thirty games or something like that? We've never yeah. been beaten in Europe at home before. I mean, what was your and you know you're up against um, Michel? Okay, young, but Michel Platini. Johnny Rep, great, great players, and half the French team really back then. I mean, well, what, are your memories, what are your memories of that game? Well, we're just coming off a run of eight wins back to back. Yeah, and we're going away to to Saint Etienne, so we weren't exactly too worried about Saint Etienne. <laughs> you know, we'd we'd gone home and away, and we'd we'd yeah, won games left, right, and centre. You know, so. What we didn't need, we didn't need to do much training in those days. I think the right. day before the game, we had a little yeah. wander around the town and had a couple of small beers and a game of French <laughs> ball, you know, in one of the local bars and yeah. a little chill out and uh, a bit of a relax, most of the lads. Um, we went into it in a very, very relaxed manner. Um yeah. You look at the Centurion record, it, it was very similar to the Ipswich Town record of mm. uh, not losing European games, you know, on their own turf. Pitch was awful, you know, and that's where I come back to the fitness levels that we had at the time. Mm. Yeah, we eventually we played 66 games, but this was probably about game number 40, you know, and it was, it in, was probably, you know, yeah. about, you know, three or four inches of mud more reminiscent of the baseball ground than anywhere yeah. else and we went a goal down you know johnny rep got a header uh i think it was a header um i think it was i've seen the foot it's a great header as well yeah Brilliant and header, all, yeah. all of a sudden that sort of i think that woke us up a little bit <laughs> you know made yeah. us realize that hold on a minute you know we need to get a grip of this game otherwise you know it might run away from us Especially with, like you say, Johnny Rep, Platini, uh, Larios, Jambion, yeah. um, and some of the players there. They great had players, great players. Inside. See, they yeah. won the they won the French title that year. Yeah. You know when we played Cologne, Cologne were they runners up in the Bundesliga that year as well? So they had. To tell you who else they had in that side. They had the fullback that got cleared out by. Um, uh, Schumacher, they had, um, I think Battison played fullback as well, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So it was, I think when we got back on level terms pretty quickly, and then once we got our noses in front, it was a case of, oh, come on, you know, let's. <laughs> let's let's make the most of this now, you know. And it was, we, we had a little bit of a, not an issue, but we we had to find a way of dealing with uh, Platini, you know, with his role in playing off the striker, uh, sort yeah, of a, that, a, almost a like ten role, as we say now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But because 
we always played with Eric Gates in that role. You know, we sort of knew how best to play against that, if you can understand yeah. what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> basically down to myself and Johnny Walk, that just who, whoever was closest to him Picked at the time dealt, dealt with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what we did. You know, Walkie was nicking things in front of him and I was making sure I was as close to him as need be if he ever did get the ball and then hold him up and then Johnny would come back and bail me out and nick it off him. <laughs> you know, and it worked quite well. Fantastic. And some great goals in that game too, you know. Um, yeah. Murin's left foot shot. I mean, Walkie's head is just ridiculous. He sort of powers it in the far corner. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then I say the following Saturday, that 3-3 Cup quarterfinal game at Forest is one of my favourite ever. Probably one of the best Ipswich games I think I've ever I've ever seen. Um, you know, we go 2 nil up and Trevor Francis that day for a spell of about, I don't know, half an hour was just unplayable. Just unbelievable. As well, he, could, he, used to, he used to jump so high that you, you couldn't kick him. So <laughs> <laughs> as he could be. And then, you know, it's all written when Tyson gets the sort of fairly, we're not saying we didn't deserve it because I think we did overall, but, you know, got the fairly lucky equaliser and then, you know, the replay down at Portman Road. Brilliant, brilliant times. Absolutely yeah. brilliant times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Just... You know, again, probably the most impressive result was I remember going absolutely heartbroken, you know, going from one of my sort of favourite games to one of my most horrible games of my absolute support. The Easter Monday game went absolutely decimated by injury. You lose to a Justin Fashion who goal at Norwich. But then, but then two days later or straight away, you're over in Cologne for the second leg, just protecting a very sort of slender 1-0 lead, which, you know, let's face it, yeah. that season... 
you know, going into these away away legs, you, you've built up you know, 3-0 against Bohemians, 5-0 against Widsef Lodz, 5 against Salonika. So you'd always had a buffer. But so going into that game, it was a lot, a lot tighter. And also coming off the back of the crushing disappointment of the game at Norwich. Yeah, I think by by that time we'd we'd sort of realised that most European sides, um, when they played away from home, that was the best time to get a few goals past them. But don't underestimate them at home. And we found out that to our, to our cost along the way. You know, we might have won the first leg three nil at home and mm. lost the second leg two nil away. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was never the same side that played sort of a week earlier. <laughs> weeks earlier. Yeah. You know, completely different. A lot yeah. of teams didn't travel well. Yeah. So we got used to that. And and going out to Cologne, it was one of those things again. We played we played Norwich, we played Arsenal, we played Norwich. We we had to go straight out to Germany after the game because uh if I'm not mistaken, um what was it? Norwich on the 20th and the Cologne game on the 22nd. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. You know, yeah. so we played the game, fly out. Yeah. We went around an amusement park the following That's the story. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, there's no need to train. It was a case of uh, how best do you recover in time for, for the next year. And you've got to remember, in those days, we never had a, a masseur. No, no where, of course you not. Know, with masseurs giving everybody a, a rub down after one game or ice you baths know. or any of this. You, know, you, had, you had Tommy Eggleston with a bucket and a sponge, didn't you? That was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, full stop. So there's no luxury of having a, a massage and putting your feet up for the day and, <laughs> and any of that. So <clears throat> it was an amusement park, chill out early night, um, and then just get on with the game. Yeah. Yeah. So you win there. So, I mean, what an incredible win, what an incredible lift. But by this time, the team is, you know, injury-wise, is just falling apart. And do you, I mean, are you, are you one that sort of holds with the thought that perhaps, I don't know, you wouldn't have the great memories of the cup run. And, and again, the dis we won't dwell on the game at, at Villa Park, you know, the, well, again, we should do because the game, again, I mean, that was incredible in, in, in itself. I mean, the game, at, again, went to both. The game at Villa Park, the crushing disappointment of losing to Man City, yeah, going back yeah. there, what, three days later and beating yeah. Villa in what was billed as a title decider. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, we we had a quite a few good bounce back results during that season. Yeah. Um Are you dominating you know, the cup semi final you absolutely dominated, didn't you? It's just heartbreak again, you know, heartbreak really that you just didn't, didn't just couldn't get the goal. Yeah. I mean that that was surprising because Kevin Beatty had a a clear header from just outside the six-yard box. It, it, it jumped about two foot higher than anybody else. Right. And he headed the ball down correctly, middle of the goal. The pitch was very firm and the ball bounced over the crossbar. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was there, I was also there a season or so before at Everton when he scores that goal. Um, I think you flick it on at the near post when he scores that goal from above the crossbar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ridic ridiculous. Also, I mean, Paul Power scoring a free kick. Probably never done it again. How many free kicks did Paul Power score in his career? <laughs> yeah. Eric Gates, it was a worldly as well, wasn't it? Absolute yeah. worldly as well. Eric Gates giving a free kick away. Eric Gates never gave free kicks away. No, Not near his own box. No, no. Just, just, in, just, just incredible. But 
look, you know, at least, you know, at the end of what, what is acknowledged is OK. We talk about, you know, obviously 61, 62 and the great Alf Ramsey side winning the championship. But all round, this is probably the greatest season in, in town's history. And it was just justice that, you know, again, you had a brilliant first leg against um, against AZ, you know, got the goals, which they basically needed. And, yeah. um, and you know, got the trophy that obviously... Obviously, the team deserve. Just quickly, Russell, do you do you also hold with the thought that perhaps the worst re one of the worst results perversely you've had all season was to beat Villa in the cup third round? <laughs> if you get the drift, so you know when you say, I mean, you were ever present for all sixty six games, yeah. and I think Villa's Villa's final total was four, so twenty two more games. I think we played than Villa that know. season. Just, it? It's mind boggling, isn't it? it, it just one of those things at the end of the day I know. You, know, you can only play the games as they come along and you know which is sad the way the game's played now because whether it was a european tie fa cup league cup uh first division game they were all treated with the same amount of respect yeah absolutely you know and yeah. the side the club the manager Treated each fixture with the same amount of respect and went out to win every every game that was, that was put in front of them. Yeah. And that's it's a very did. good point you, know, you made. You know, no, no such thing as rotation. Well, the squad wasn't there for rotation, was it? No, no, you didn't need. Oh, look, listen, look at the Ipswich Town side over the last four games. That's not rotated very no, much. Not, <laughs> yeah, I think you know, all this. Excuse my language. Crap about rotation and you know somebody Luke Chambers not being able to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Give me a break. He, he's the the fittest pro they've got down there, and he's a, so, a, yeah. Hardened, yeah. a hardened, seasoned professional player who will play yeah. week in, week out, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, all season long if you wanted him to. Yeah, as has yeah. now been proven. I mean, what was it, what was it like? And you remember, obviously, you know, you know, you actually win the UEFA Cup. Obviously, a sense of relief for you all that at least we've got something, and um, you know, you know, certainly something for the you know the manager, you know, deserved it. Obviously, he got the FA Cup, but you know, he's so so he's so he obviously so wanted to win the league. He persuades Arnold yeah. Muren to stay for a for another season, and obviously, you have a really good go at it the next season. And you just can't legislate for Liverpool winning what was it thirteen out of the last fourteen games or something like that. Just again, just ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And at the time, you know, we, you'd say we were getting to be as good and as consistent as Liverpool, you know, in yeah. our European appearances and league appearances. Yeah. We had great games against them. You know, and credit where credit's due. They had a, a wonderful side. Um, and they, you know, they were pretty dominant at the time. Uh, they were the team to beat. Um I remember playing up at uh, Anfield one day when Arnhem Muren threw a big lump of, uh, no, 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 and Franz Tyson threw a big lump of mud at the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, when Tom McDermott was about to take the penalty, he hit the ball and, you know, the ball yeah. went sky high over the crossbar. I'll tell, but, I'll tell you no, what, Russell, yeah, Kenny, Dal Kenny Dalglish had a liking for us, didn't he? He scored, especially at Portman Road, he scored some unbelievable goals at Portman Road, didn't he? Yeah, I played a bit of golf with Kenny. Kenny's a great, great fella, you know, yeah. but hard. Boy, you know, you think he was passy on the pitch, but Christ, what a, a typical Glaswegian. <laughs> I mean, real, real tough guy that can look after himself. Great yeah, player. What a great player. Again, another example, two-footed player, isn't he? Absolutely great player. Couldn't yeah. tell what his strongest foot was. Yeah, right foot. 
<laughs> just quick, I mean, just quickly, Russell, just before we, you know, just before we get on, um, who would you say was your most, um, yeah, hardest opponent to play against all round? Not just saying tough, but you know, would it have been Dalgleish, for instance, or who would who would you say who always gave us your who always gave you personally your toughest game? If I wasn't, if I wasn't on my metal, then everybody was tough. Yeah. Um, if I was probably at it, you know, with concentration and everything, then, you know, you'd fancy yourself against anybody. But the rush, the rush, Dalglish partnership <laughs> was, you know, it just kept you on your toes all the time because they niggle at you, you know, and Russia would niggle at you and it got this habit of clipping your heels and being able to get away with it, you know, chase you down. That was their first line of defence, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, a very Billy quick rush, rush very quick, yeah. Quicker thought yeah, and quicker. Yeah, very, very quick. Billy yeah. Whitehurst, if you played, so <laughs> Billy Whitehurst played. Billy yeah. Whitehurst, uh, Mick Harford, yeah. two of the hardest people I've ever played against. Cool. Yeah. Joe Jordan. Um, oh, wow. Joe's a great fella, you know. Yeah. So physically, um, they come into that bracket, uh, obviously playing against Cruyff and uh, Neeskins, and oh, they were Barcelona. Yeah, of course, Platini, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, so, and um, just trying to think. Oh, there's, there's been some good ones. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, you know, you, you just missed out, unfortunately, on the title that year. Obviously, you know, Bobby Robson leaves with everyone's blessing for, um, you know, for the mm. for the England job. Bobby Ferguson takes over from within. And then, obviously, we're then getting to the point where the players, you know, we built the pioneer stand and one reason or another, you know, the players are on contracts and the players start to leave. I mean... I mean, and you. To be fair, you. you I think you. You stayed certainly another three or four seasons. Left eighty five, I think eight four eighty five. I believe you left to Leicester. I mean, a real big. You know, you must have seen people like Paul Mariner going, Johnny Walk going. Obviously, the Dutchman are long gone. Alan Brazil. I mean, it was a tough time. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but we were still trying to compete. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah. Things like the High School Stadium, we'd had the European ban, we'd battled yeah. for this, and we'd gone locked out of the European games early. Uh, and it was tough. You know, it was it was tough that Bobby Robson went in the manner he did. Um, I think the side deserved to stay together a little bit longer to... to to have another go at winning the the title. Um yeah. Muren, uh just packed his bags and went straight up to Manchester United and you know the club never got a penny for him or anything. Uh which was Yeah, a tough one that you know, reflection of what was going on at the time, you know, it, it was like yeah, yeah. Bobby's gone and nobody's uh, prepared for the dig in what happened after yeah. Bobby left, you know, and it caught everybody on the hop a little bit. Yeah, we had um, we got a little bit of success when we got to the semi final of the the Mill Cup against Norwich. Oh, um, oh no! <laughs> like, well, I missed, I missed the semi final because I'd been sent off um, with Simon Stainlord in the quarter final replay. I remember that now. Crikey, I remember that game at Portman Road. I mean, I've seen some of the worst. 
I think, I know it's a away game, some of the worst crowd trouble against QPR. I think that was around about that time at yeah. Portman Road, one evening game. Might have been the worst refereeing display at, at, uh, oh, yeah, at, oh my god, you know, yeah. And I was Christ. sitting in the stand, Bobby Ferguson, should have been that. And also, I remember, tell you what, I do remember a game, never a penalty, a cup quarter final replay against Everton when uh, they, I think they give a penalty against you, really, really yeah. harshly. Graham Sharp scores, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the pitch wasn't the best, and it, you know, it just kicked up and hit me sort of yeah. in, the, in the, the stomach and brushed me yeah, arm. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't many people appealed for it. <laughs> I remember that. Do you know what? I just wanted to just remind you of one game. And, you know, this was not really a great escape as we ended up for it because of the, how odd the league was. 83-84. There's a game that you play. You, you have a great 2-2 draw, a brilliant 2-2 draw at Liverpool. Gate scores an unbelievable goal. And then, you, and then I'm not sure if you're aware of this statistic. You go to Old Trafford, I think, on the bank holiday Monday. And you win. You win 2-1. So, a great result, which pretty much guarantees survival. I was there. I remember DeVray scoring a really good header. And I think the ball, Alan Sunderland scores a winner off his knee. But do you realise that Mark Hughes put Man, put Man U ahead? And that was the last time ever, even in the Premier League, throughout the rest of the Division 1 as it was then, through the Premier League era, the Man United in a league game have been in front of half-time and lost the game. Blimey. There you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> Apparently, I know. Incredible, incredible, incredible stat. So you know, you know, you know your memory. You know your memories of the time you're leaving. You know Ipswich. I mean, really, I suppose at the end, there's Paul Cooper still there. Um, Terry Butch is still there. Pretty much yourself, I think. George Burley and did you leave round about the same time as George? George Burley and Eric Gates. Yeah. They just about gone then. Oh, Gates he stayed a bit more longer, didn't no, they? I yeah, who, who is who is still there then? Um... In the process of going, I mean, I I was quite happy to stay at the club, but you know, I got told that I'd needed to to leave that the club had got no money, and that was that. You know, yeah. that was like the day after uh, we got into the uh, League Cup semi final against Norwich. Uh, oh wow! I went to see Bobby Ferguson, see whether I was going to get uh, fined uh, by the club for getting sent off. Yeah. And um, he told me no. He said, "Do you want to have a, a chat about your contract?" I thought, "Well, okay, yeah, don't oh, mind." And, and walked in the office to be told that I could leave. Yeah, and that was it. You know, and it wasn't Bobby Ferguson's fault. You know, no. it wasn't any any no. person's fault uh, in particular. You know, I thought I was going to have a, a testimonial due, but obviously that you know went out the window. Um, yeah. And it was just disappointing that from then on, uh, my relationship soured a little bit with Bobby Ferguson because he wouldn't play me in the, the semi-final against Norwich. Yeah. Uh, that hurt. You know, when you're sitting in the stand and you're watching all your teammates get kicked from pillar to post. Oh, and, no, I mean, that again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. think I, I think your central defender defender partner um sort of sorted out the Norris dressing room door and stuff didn't you apparently afterwards and yeah in yeah. frustration apparently yeah yes. Sarah Burke. yeah that was yeah that was really really bad and yeah really, really bad. so so you leave and you you spend you know a, a fair time at Leicester you're about a hundred plus games at Leicester and then on to Southampton you know good memories good memories of those those two clubs yeah very much so uh, I mean my first year at Leicester City ended up with uh Ipswich being relegated. 
Of course, yeah. You know, so that was disappointing to see that. Then a couple of years later, Leicester got relegated. So I had three years at Leicester. Great fun. I played alongside uh, some fantastic players there. John O'Neill, Northern Irish International. Yeah, Steve, yeah. Steve Walsh, great. Walsh, yeah, yeah. Great, great fella. Great <laughs> service to Leicester City Football Club. And then... Um, then I moved down to Southampton. Uh, we'd been relegated at Leicester, so we're in, I forget what they called it, then the Division One or whatever. Yeah, I think it probably was a Canon, Canon League, Division One, League or, one yeah. or something like that. And then like um, that. Chris Nickel wanted uh, to buy me to go and play at Southampton, so went down there and I had three very enjoyable years playing for, for him at Southampton. So Letitia playing then or not? Yeah, Letizia, um, Shearer just coming into of the course. Oh, wow. um, Paul Rideout, Jimmy's just been pretty ill with COVID, actually. He's been in um, really? for a while, so I hope Jimmy's okay. Yeah. Glenn Cockrell, great fella, Glenn Cockrell. Yeah, 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 with the, the perm, yeah. Ed, that was a great side. That was a <laughs> good side. Good could play football and liked a bit of a social as well. Also, some good golf courses on the south coast, Russell. Yeah, yeah. Stoneham. Um, <laughs> used to be a member of Stoneham, so that's where Matt Letiz plays now. So, where's that? Stoneham, uh, Eastley. Oh, Eastley, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played, yeah, I played Remedy Oak down there. I was fortunate enough to play Remedy Oak down there a couple of years ago. Fantastic place. Yeah, yeah. But of course, if you've got a fade rather than a hook. <laughs> um, and, Brust, and, and then Bristol City, you pretty much end your playing career at Bristol City. Some good, good couple of seasons down there. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I had a funny move from Southampton. Ian Bramford had taken over from um, Chris Nickel at Southampton, yeah. and me and Ian just, you know, didn't quite see eye to eye on a few things. Um, and he was a bit naughty the way he behaved in, you know, the way I left the club there. But Bristol City. Uh, made up for that and I moved over there in 1990 91 I think 92 and uh, I remember phoning my wife after being on <clears throat> being there on loan for the first month I phoned her after the first day and I said <clears throat> Louise the training facilities here are absolutely awful <laughs> I don't think I'll be here a week, never mind a month. And it ended up being 30 years that we stayed there. So, Oh, my God, of course. Of course, you stayed, you so stayed down there. Nice part of the world down there. Yeah, yeah. I lived right opposite the suspension bridge. So, oh, in Clifton, yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at that every morning out my kitchen window. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And then, and then, obviously, Bristol City, you had your sort of first foray into management. Yes, um, we had a manager called Dennis Smith. He used to play at Stoke City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis came in, and Dennis, to be honest, between me, you, and the gate post, he was hopeless. <laughs> um, and uh, <clears throat> he didn't last very long there. And they they put like uh, two or three of the players together: myself, Mark Hazelwood, and yeah. Um, I think it was Gary Shelton to take yeah, charge, of players, of games, yeah. Yeah. which is fine. And then uh, um, they they asked me to be assistant to um, to Dennis Smith. So when he took over, I was assistant to Dennis Smith when when he took over. 
And uh, when he left, you know, they they gave me the job, and we went pretty well. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, we were punching above our weight. We'd knocked Liverpool out of the FA Cup in, in February in the what was that, the fourth round. Um, That's right. After holding them to a draw down at Ashton Gate, we had a floodlight failure. We had a replay, which we drew. <laughs> we then won the replay 1-0 with a Brian Tinian goal up at Anfield, which was a wonderful experience. Because um, I think, I want to say they were the cup holders as well, I think. Well, they, I'm not sure. Yeah, possibly. But yeah. Andy Cole was a player there. So one of the first things I had to do was allow Andy to... Uh, leave to go to Newcastle United. They came in and made a very healthy bid for him. So <laughs> off he went. He was he was great for Bristol City. Uh, um, and then we had a new board of directors move in, and yeah. they wanted their own manager in. Um, sure. They appointed Joe Jordan. I get on fine with Joe. Joe's a very nice man, and you know I see his kids. I coached his kids when I was down there. Um, you know, and it was just a shame it, it, you lose your job when you've done nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, you were quite yeah. competitive, and but that's football management for you. You know, there's one thing certain is that you you've got to get a Saxon went down the line. <laughs> and then, and then you spent you have a brief spell at I think caretaker at Plymouth, and then on to Cardiff, Bristol Rovers, and a, a spell at Exeter as well. Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit at. Um, Plymouth because Steve McCall was assistant to Peter Shilton. Oh, Shilton course. been yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to take over. I was, Steve asked me if I could help him um, for a couple of weeks. Um, I still got a court case going on with Bristol City. I said, "Yeah, you know, but I can't earn anything out of it." You know, yeah. Um, and then the morning I'm driving down, Steve resigned without taking charge of a day's training. So the chairman then phoned me, Dan McCauley phoned me and asked me if I'd just carry on coming down and take the last few games for the club. And we very nearly, you know, avoided relegation. You know, we, yeah. we won three out of the last four games or something, but got pipped on the final day by, I'm sure it was Wickham or somebody. Uh -huh. um, and then, uh, you know, I, I played a little bit of Brighton as well for Liam Brady. Then... I played a bit of Cardiff and ended up going back to Cardiff as the manager for a while. Um, it didn't work out great, you know, so it was time to move on again. Yeah, sure, sure. And then and then a spell back here, a spell back here in 2011 for a couple of seasons as under-18 coach. Yeah, I'd worked uh, back in the academy at Bristol City for a while and then Paul Jewell uh, offered me the chance to come back and work in the academy at Ipswich, mm -hmm. which was terrific. But this this was the year before the elite player performance program. Sort mm. of so, for example, I would take a squad of players uh, to go and play Tottenham, um, and it would be like fifteen players, me and Jimmy Reynolds, the physio. Yeah. The following year, it would be. Me, two physios, sports scientists, strength and conditioning coach, sports psychologist, uh, three analysts, and oh, I got 
you have to wonder you know yeah 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 and 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 then following and then a bit of a short spell with um with Terry Butcher at, at Newport which didn't really work out yeah um the year before I'd, I'd been in India doing the Indian Super League and then uh I've been asked to do the Super League again and, and at the same time that Terry got the job at Newport Newport to Bristol is you know, yeah, 20 minute no. drive over the bridge. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. So yeah. I agreed to go with Terry in there. And I don't think either of us realised what a mess the club was in right. when we got there. Mm. If you can if you can Im- imagine myself and Terry decorating <laughs> the changing rooms yeah. in time for pre-season training, uh, picking up a dozen big bags of ice every morning on the way to trading from the local superstore. Yeah. Going out and getting the food, getting the drinks in, stocking the, 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 the kitchen with necessities on a daily basis, trying to find somewhere to train on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you know, not um, ideal. So you were painter, decorator, ice maker, um, <laughs> kit man, yeah. laundry, yeah, you know we're doing doing everything, you know, and turn around at the end of the day and Terry gets no credit for anything he did there. You know, they just look at the results and say, well, you know, that's yeah. not good enough. And you, so, say, well, yeah. you know, so harsh world, harsh world yeah. of football. Also, I'd be remiss on me just to mention your um, obviously your England career, eleven eleven games for England. Um, you have good memories of that. Yeah, very good. Um, just very disappointing that um, Sir Bobby told me my last game was my best ever game for, for England and never picked me again after that. <laughs> and I mean, and, and obviously left out of the 22 for the 82 World Cup. I think they took Steve Foster instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> I mean, just, you know, to me, it just seems incredible, really. And, you know, the fact that, you know, I know Phil Thompson was still, obviously, Phil Thompson was, I think, played alongside Terry, didn't he, that, that World Cup? Yeah, I, I played alongside Phil. I played alongside Dave Watson. Um, I played alongside Terry. I think I only played two or three international games alongside Terry out of the 11 yeah. caps I had, and most of those were in Australia. Um you know, to be left out by Ron Greenwood in, you know, nothing against Steve Foster, but, you know, you pick somebody with one cap and leave somebody with 11 caps out. Um, and you were no, fit going into that, yeah? Sorry? You were fit. You were, you were, you know, it wasn't as if you were, you know, carrying injuries that season, were you? I mean, we talk, no, spoke about that 81, 82, 82 no. season. Yeah, it just seems a, fit yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fiddle. you know, I'd, I'd gone through a series of playing something like, well, I played 66 games in the 80-81 season. I, I think I played something like 125, 126 games consecutively without missing a, a game through yeah. injury. As a centre back, that is some, that is some, some achievement. And Eric Gates was obviously left out. I mean, he only had a couple of caps, but obviously Eric Eric Gates was left out also. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Just quickly, how did um, just a couple of things? How did the um, you know the, the the stuff with the Indian Premier League come about? Um, 
I've, I've been going out to India for about 16, 14, 16 years. Okay. I've, you know, what, I coaching, worked, coaching or? No, uh, media work. So oh, I've right. okay. worked with, um, with Eurosport for a long time. Right. You know, I worked, worked with Eurosport for about 20 odd years. Mm-hmm. And one of the ex-producers was working in India for a company called Z Sports. And Z Sport were uh, covering one of the um, tournaments out there, the Santosh Trophy, I think it was. And they asked me if I would go out there and do some co-commentary. And I went out there uh, and worked with a fellow called John Helm. John Helm is a magnificent fellow. (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful fellow, he's 74, he's just done a stint in India now. He's done, he really? yeah. he's done about 30, 40 games of the yeah. this year. So, you know, we went out there and we did Santos Trophy. We did a, another couple of tournaments for them. Um, and then as things happened, IMG were involved with it all and some of the staff of IMG were involved with the setup of... Uh, the Indian Super League back in 2013 uh, and obviously they needed um, a couple of co- co-commentators and commentators and they asked me if I'd be <clears throat> interested in doing it and in this first year there's eight teams I think um, and they meant flying all over India you know wow. you, you do a game in Goa you fly out the next day uh, back up right. to Mumbai, then you fly to Guwahati, right to be in the northeast, and down to Calcutta, then back to Delhi, and I think it was something like uh, forty flights in sixty days. Oh, yeah, huge. You know, so it was a bit of grit and bear it in those and days. And is football is football growing, developing out there? I mean, obviously, cricket is very much their national sport, but is, is football developing out there still? Very much so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a big league now. They 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 just uh, finished the league stage of um, ISL six, which is this you know this current season. Um, they did have marquee players over the first few years. People like uh, David Trezeguet and um, oh yeah, of and, course, uh, Cap Spanish player. Yeah, Cap yeah, left back, yeah. El Piero, uh, people like that. You know, yeah, and that yeah. got the game going. David James. Went out yeah. from England, he went to Kerala Blasters. Um, so they had some very good players out there, but they've dropped the, the need for the marquee players now. And, uh, you know, the, the league stands on its own and, feet now because of the quality of the football. And there's some good players out there you could see that would be potentially good enough to play over here? It won't be long. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, they've introduced academy football um, into most of the big clubs. Um, the City Group bought Mumbai City last year. So a, and lot of investment. a lot of investment. They've just, yeah. the they've just won the league this year. They're now going yeah. to the playoffs. Um, yeah. so big feather in the cap for uh, Damien Willoughby and the um, City Group people out there. That's a massive achievement for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's all it's all looking very good, you know. They've got they've got some good young players coming through, but what yeah. they've got to do, they've got to remember that these good young players have got to perform year after year after year, not just yeah. one year. And because yeah. they end with you know twenty million followers on social media, that they've made it, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're getting. No, that's, there. that's interesting. And <clears throat> is, is the interest as it is 
I've never been to India, but I've been to the far east, been to the far east quite a bit. Um, is the interest in the Premier, you know, the English game as, as big in India as it is, oh, yeah. you know, in the rest of the far east? Massive, massive. Yeah, huge, you know, yeah. when we're there, we we watch every Premier League game. Yeah, that is that is available. You know, it's it's in a different bar on the big screen or in the yeah. hotel or, or wherever. You know, and there's yeah. always crowds watching. Yeah, um, yeah, very good. Big supporters clubs there for the obvious teams: your Man City, your Man United, your, your Liverpool. Yeah. You know, so big supporters. And Russell, just very much before we go, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just your your current take on things at Portman Road, new manager. Um, you know, breath of fresh air for the club. What the club needs. Yeah, um, new manager, great. Um, I, I don't know. Paul Cook, but I, I think Paul Lambert needed to step aside. I think he'd lost some of the players and uh, they'd lost a little bit of belief in him. He's causing problems with the supporters. They weren't um, enjoying listening to him or watching the type of football he played. Um, how Paul Cook does, I don't know, but he's... he's Obviously, bought bought a good uh, track record with him. You know, he knows the league. He knows what you have to do to get promotion. Um, so you stand back, and you you know some of the players will thrive under him. You know, and let's hope he just. Yeah. Which is, Matt Gill's done a fantastic job over the last few weeks, by the way. No, you I know, agree. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's unusual. It's unusual, you know, for a new manager to actually come in now and actually, you know, they talk about the new manager bounce, don't you? But, you know, they're coming actually on some good feeling with the club. We've finally managed to put that hoodoo to bed of not beating a team above us all in the top yeah. 10 or top eight above us. You know, three yeah. games on the trot, five unbeaten now. Um, yeah. You can start to see it's really unusual for a manager you know, new manager to come into that, really, isn't it? You can see some momentum already. Yeah, but like we said earlier, you know, played the same side four games back to back. Yeah, you know, yeah. Paul Lambert was saying we can't, we can't do this, we can't do that. Those players can't play two games in a week. You know, Teddy Bishop played four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the same. Yeah, need need it too. They need it. Yeah. You know, Luke Chambers was criticised because he was he was getting too old for his apparently. You know, only three weeks ago. Yeah, Luke yeah. Can play all day long. He's a seasoned pro. That's no problem. He'll play as many games as you want to put in front of him. Um, I just think the next stage is going to be vital with the yeah. takeover. You know, it looks like the takeover is going to go ahead by all rumours and whispers and stuff like that. And I think that's what is going to make the difference to the club. A new manager going in, he'll make a difference to the players, the playing staff, the surrounding staff at the club, fine. But the manager is not going to improve Portman Road. Sure, yeah. He's not going to improve the training ground. All that comes down from the ownership of the club. The environment needs livening up yeah. down Portman Road and the training. Well, and you're right, you know, you go down to Portman Road and it all looks a bit, you know, if you look closely at it, it all looks, you know, fantastic ground. You know, you're inside the ground, looking at the pitch, the stands. You know, it's a upper championship Premier League ground, isn't it? But if you look closely at it, it's it's a bit shabby, right. isn't it? A bit sad yeah, and right, come down. Yeah. 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 You're seeing better days as it is at the moment and you need somebody to come in and put an arm around the club and say, listen, we're going to get you back on your, 
on two feet again, give you a little bit of a shot in the arm of injection of money and stuff like that, and make you make you look the part anyway. Yeah, well, here's here's hoping. Russell, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for sparing the time, my friend. It's been a real pleasure, and pleasure. you know, great great for me to reminisce on the um, and I say I bore to death all my podcast colleagues with stories of well back in 8081 and when it was 8081 so it's great to hear someone who was you know well 66 games absolute legend thanks ever so much for that really appreciate no it Cheers, about golf next It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.